0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. What are you doing to create a unique business or service offering or value proposition? What do you do to stand out? How are you different? How do you compete in crowded market spaces? That's some of the stuff we're going to talk about during today's episode of Startup Hustle. Before I get into the guest and also the amazing accolades that we will be providing to today's to today's guest, a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Go to FullScale.io to learn more. If you're not aware, that's my company. We love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So reach out. Let's find some solutions together. With me today, I've got another one of Kansas City's top startups I'm really excited for today's guest. We're going to talk about some different things than we normally talk about. With me today, I've got Jeff Avelka, and he is the CEO of Beyond Warehousing. You can go to beyondwarehousing.com. If you want to save yourself the effort of all those key taps, just go down to the show notes and click that link. It's the fastest way to do it. I recommend that you go do that right now so you can learn more about his business while we talk about it. Without further ado, Jeff. Welcome to Startup Hustle, and congrats on being a top Kansas City startup.
1: Awesome, Matt. Thanks for having me here. Look forward to the conversation today.
0: Yeah, well, let's start that with a little bit about your backstory and what brought you to taking us beyond warehousing. Yeah, it was uh,
1: kind of an unconventional path to get into warehousing and supply chain to start with. I started out as an actuary, actually, and uh, have a master's in HR, had no intention of <laughs> ever being in supply chain. Um But uh, during the recession of 2007-2008, got an internship in supply chain and did that for seven or eight years and then spent time with Amazon for about eight years before I launched um, Beyond Warehousing in 2019. You mentioned that
0: 2008-2009, that was the last time I tried to be a student (laughs) as an adult and the fifth college I dropped out of. But I remember at the time that was actually a top 10 business school or close to it at the time. And they were all adamant about supply chain logistics. And that was the big future and the big growth. And they weren't wrong about that. Now, when it comes to beyond warehousing and, you know, here you are, you're, you're a startup and in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. and there's obviously a lot to figure out there. It sounds like you got, got your feet wet with, uh, well, three PL. Is that yep. is that is that the category that you're in? Yeah, we're well?
1: we're in three PL um, third party logistics. Third party logistics. Yeah, yeah. So we're warehousing for uh, other companies. That way, they can focus on things like sales and marketing, product development, and uh, not have to focus on you know the actual warehousing fulfillment of their orders or worry about that overhead. Do all that for them. So, so is that the primary problem that you solve? Yeah, that's the primary problem that we solve is that. Um, A lot of people are really good at certain things and and not necessarily good at others. Um, so we we're really focused on just taking that burden off of the company and, and we've got dozens of years of experience between me and my partners, um, whether it's in manufacturing or at Amazon or, or military, um, moving things around. So we're experts at that. We're not experts at product development our customers are. So it kind of, uh, that's kind of our value prop there.
0: So we talk about creating, you know, a unique business and you've obviously got to do something to stand out because compared to, well, Amazon,
1: are they your competitor? No, no. Amazon, um, you know, they've got, they own a lot of their own inventory. They, um, do act as a conduit for uh, a lot of our clients. Even they sell on Amazon and then Mm -hmm. we'll ship stuff from our warehouses um, to the, to the end customer, or we'll send it to an Amazon warehouse, even for some of our customers. Um, our competitors are typically going to be smaller like us, um, somewhere between a hundred thousand to 10 million square feet of warehouse space. Some of them local, some of them across the country, but there's about 27,000 3PL warehousing companies across the country. Um,
0: so, so how yeah, do you make yourself unique yeah. among that? Yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the main premise of what we, what we need to get into. Yeah. It's like, how do you stand out?
1: So how we stand out, and I think some of this came from the fact that me and my partners hadn't been in 3PL before we got into this. Um, but as we were looking at um, kind of how we wanted to be unique, we just kind of looked at what our core values are and um, looked at what was out there in the market. There's a lot of um, either poor customer service or a lack of transparency out there in the 3PL market. Um, And we've really tried to just be honest, be upfront, deliver results, and and just own our mistakes when they happen and tell our customers how we're going to fix it going forward where that's not something that was prevalent within the industry. Um, And what it's resulted in is a lot of just word-of-mouth marketing that's come from that and um, just kind of generating that brand and that name out there that is a little different than a lot of 3PLs that are out there. There's a lot of good players out there, but there's a lot of players that just uh, maybe aren't a stand-up.
0: That poke a hole in your box with their fork left and don't admit it yeah exactly or- yeah and that's like a real thing i mean the the only I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on three p l but I've learned so much listening to Andrew Morgan's weekly show. I mm-hmm. uh, hear you know he's been hosting a, a episode of startup hustle for two and a half years yeah. now, and you know, he he specializes in helping people sell more stuff on Amazon, but with that, mm-hmm. I've also learned that that's really expensive for sellers. I mean you're talking oh, yeah. like thirty percent of your sale if and sometimes more. And, you know, so that I would assume that you may offer some options that that are that could be a little more affordable in some cases.
1: Yeah. So it's, I wouldn't say that we're the cheapest out there, but what we are is that we do take good care of your product and um, you're in a clean warehouse. You get service sure. on time so that way you're not dinged by right. your vendors and stuff like that. Um, and those are kind of your intangibles that, that we've really focused on and tried to become experts on. It's just delivering that high level of service um, that you don't necessarily get from, from everyone in that market. Yeah. And
0: the other part of the experience I have is I used to work for Roland, which is the world's largest maker of electronic musical instruments, 5 billion a year in sales. They sell a lot of stuff. I mean, they yeah. are talking like their warehouse in LA is like a couple of city blocks basically. Right. And and, you know, so dealing with, with uh, clients or accounts that I had in 13 different states, when I mentioned the forklift in the box, mm-hmm. like that's a real thing. Like, and oh, I, I worked in the piano and, uh, and keyboard division and those were big boxes and someone, and it was, that was probably the most common, like quote problem we had was damage or error in delivery. And, you know, you said, well, how does a forklift poke a hole in but, well, these machines are picking these boxes up and moving around and mm-hmm. whatever. And they do a lot of them and occasionally you're going to mess them up. And, and with that, Oh my God, man, trying to like <laughs> get someone to take any kind of responsibility for it. It was just like a daisy chain of, oh, I man. didn't do it. Yeah. And, and on some levels, like I would spend way too much time or people at the, at headquarters or our headquarters would, you know, like who's going to, okay. So we didn't ship this out like this. Right. And the, buyer didn't want to get something with a hole in it. So how do we fix that? So, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, the struggle's real on that stuff. So it's
1: good to hear that
0: you take it, you know, hey, people, if you mess something up, take responsibility. For it. Yeah.
1: And so we, we've, we've, we've got a whole process around that where we call it uh, OTAR, Operational Technical After Action Review, where when we have either it's a customer reported issue or one that we find internally, we document it. And then we've got a process that we, we do a five whys on it, you get to um what the root cause was and figure out is there something we need to change in our process to to fix that going forward, communicate that back to the clients. Um and hopefully don't repeat it again. And that's been a big selling point for us actually too. We've pulled that up in sales um sales meetings with prospects and they're like, is that for the week? No, that's for the year. No kidding. Um so just seeing that we dig into that and kind of have that ownership there, it is different. It is when you're busy, it's hard to dig into things like that. But if you don't get to those root causes of problems, they're just going to repeat themselves and they're going to, you know, a snowflake is going to turn into an avalanche. Um, so we just want to prevent the avalanche there. So you mentioned you were, you have a military background. I don't, but my, one of my partners has a okay. military background.
0: And I was curious because, well, there's military is obviously very systematic. Yes. And I find that people that come out of military training or background, are systematic in many ways, because yeah, uh, how has that had an effect on the way you do things?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. My partner, Cam, he is our VP of operations. He's been my right hand man at various companies over the last decade. Um, But yeah, he is very structured and very to the point um, and also forces the ownership there. And I, I think that has driven a lot of just the culture and what the product is that we offer.
0: When you say ownership, like there is a military principle, of extreme ownership, mm-hmm. which says there's no bad teams, only bad leaders. Is that similar to what you're referring to? Yeah, that's spot
1: on with okay. kind of what yeah. Cam's approach is. So, yeah, um, always been glad to have him in, uh, at my side. So, uh, the, and I think that that's a very important
0: part of leadership because I don't know, man. It's easy to blame. And, mm-hmm. and it's easy to have a culture of blame. And that's kind of what I was mentioning with that daisy chain. If yeah. we didn't do it and it's like, man, you know, like someone did it.
1: Yeah. Where? And a lot, a lot of that. So not only did Cam pull that from um, military, just Amazon's a beast. And I'm glad I spent eight years there, but yeah. one of their leadership uh, principles is ownership. And yeah, um, we tried to pull as much of the, the good stuff from our Amazon days and pull it into beyond warehousing, you know, doing the right thing. Um, efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've,
0: I never worked at Amazon, but as I've helped people build businesses and, and do a lot of stuff over the years, I've actually taken some of their principles that I've just observed as an observer. mm -hmm. Like you talk about like steps like the amount of literally like footsteps. Yes. Like I was working with one of our uh, oldest clients that we built technology for, but they had a, they have, the thing we build for them has a component that operates in their store. And I was watching their employees walk, walk crisscrosses across the, right. you know, and I'm like, well, no wonder this stuff's piling up here because you have to take so many footsteps. And they're like, yeah, but it only takes a minute. I'm like, yeah, but you do it. Times, a 147 times a, times a day. And if you do the math on that and this person's making this amount and they're like, well, that's still not this much. Okay, well, this, you're paying $74,000 a year right. for people to walk circles around your store if you just put something closer. And like Amazon's like super precise. They'll even talk about, Roland was like that. So mm-hmm. the Japanese manufacturing was way ahead of a lot of stuff that you see now with like the robot process right stuff. So at the Roland factory, they had like little bends that when you put your hand in it, 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 it would register that you put it, it, that, it would, that you have one less bolt, one yeah. less screw, one less part, and then they had a little a little robot cart that came around and had your refills for you. Yeah, the automation that
1: that Amazon's kind of pushed in the industry like in that, dude, that was
0: 15 years ago yeah. at the Roland factory. Yeah. And then I've seen videos of some of the other stuff. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of things moving that could crash into each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an impressive dance to watch for sure.
0: Right. So, okay. So you look at 3PL and, and you know, so typically what is like, what does your typical client look like? Like, why are they choosing you or like mm-hmm. what's that, what's for them, so we have integrity, we have, we have efficiency, yeah. there's some of that, but where there's still use, but let me do the math. You still have 26,999 competitors. Yeah. Like, I mean, like how do you grow and scale and continue to you know, find people that want the value you provide?
1: Yeah. So kind of a, an ideal customer, right? Is uh, kind of your mid sized company that that overhead doesn't, investing in a warehouse, investing yeah. in those people, yeah. uh, managing those people, it doesn't make sense for them, Right um they're just not at a scale that they can do that so kind of that mid-sized company is kind of that ideal client but why they choose us over uh some of our competitors is a you know starts with just operational um experience but then is the uh the technology we have around it so having our warehouse management system making sure that our customers can easily see and be transparent on Here's what we shipped. Here's where your stuff is. Here's where your inventory is. Being able to show that um, we can maintain that accuracy of inventory for them, that we can ship things out on time for them. Like, we're an extension of their business and we know that and we take it to heart. Um, if, we, if we fuck something up, it doesn't look bad on me. Looks bad it on looks you, bad on it that. It looks bad on that. It looks
0: bad on your client. Yeah. yeah, it looks bad on the client. I mean, which through association
1: kind of looks yeah. bad to you, to your client, but yeah. Yeah. So it looks bad to me, to my client, but they're not the ones that are writing reviews on Google about. Dude, that, it's a
0: heartbreaking feeling. Yeah. Like, and if you, and for those of you listening, if you haven't experienced that, you like, you talk about, okay, so I'll use my Roland example. and like, you know, you make a sale to someone they're excited that it comes in and then it comes in damaged or it's late mm-hmm. or whatever. And all that stuff, like you can, your business can do a perfect job and then it, it, get to the point where it's either out of your hands or somewhat out of your hands and they can leave you looking like clowns. Yeah. And yeah. guess
1: what? Your buyer's going to blame you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, they it's probably don't, they don't know to, that I sit yeah. in the middle there. Yeah. There's nothing right. that lets them know that beyond Warehousing sits in the middle. Yeah. Um, I, I would imagine the less visible you are and the, the better that, off that's, it is. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yep. We, uh, I'm a big believer if it's a good thing, if I never hear from my clients, Dude, Um, Same with mine. Like we only hear if there's a problem.
0: uh, True. And you know, we service full scale services, like 50 different tech companies. Mm Well, kind of like yours, you know, and you need to scale a team quickly. Your business is growing quickly. And the reality is there's 300,000 open tech jobs because we don't have enough people to do the tech jobs. Mm -hmm. So how do you find the right people? But yeah, for us, our clients end up managing people that are on their team and and we check in with them because we want to make, we also don't want to hear from our clients after they're already pissed if that were to come up. So yes. there's like a, a healthy little balance between invisibility and like maybe semi invisibility.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good for us to have the the weekly or monthly check-ins, mm-hmm. make sure everything's going good. Yeah. Um, just so we can get in front of, if there are any problems, make sure that we have that productive conversation. So, uh, we can get that on our OTAR our list, and
0: you say OTAR, O T A R. what O-T-A-R. Does that stand, what does that so, stand yeah, for?
1: Operational, again? tactical, after action review. Um, okay, so we call it OTAR for operational short.
0: Operational, tactical,
1: after action review. So okay. something is. Oh, happened. there's two A's. Two A's. I see. Um, So something's happened. Let's dig into why it
0: almost sounds like a, a. I bet there's a city named Otar somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere near somewhere. Saudi Arabia or something like that. Probably. So, if you're listening from the Middle East, reach out and let me know if we're right. <laughs> if if at 194 countries, we have a harder time figuring out who who we're still missing. Okay, yeah, it's man, it's amazing. I, I love man. So if if my business partner, Full Scale Matt Watson, was here, he would he would actually. I know what he'd say. It's like, dude, I love that. I love boring businesses. And I'm not saying that, but <laughs> no, it's, it is, it's, dude. these are like the little things that mm-hmm. grind the gears that like are so key though, mm-hmm. when it comes to the success and like, there's so much, oh man, if you've never been or, around or worked near or experienced or witnessed a busy warehouse, it's a, there's a lot, man. Oh, it's humming. It's I mean, humming. there's a lot. And you talk about that, like how difficult is it to keep track of everything. Cause you talk about that, like that transparency. Well, one thing that'll kill your sale is telling someone it's in stock and then you have to collect their money and you have to go back and tell them it's not right. Cause then you look like you're full of shit. Right. Uh, so I mean, what, what does that look like?
1: I mean, a big part of it is making sure that we have a good warehouse management system and, and partner on that. So we're very big on what we call double scan verification. So okay. something comes in, I scan the barcode, make sure it's the right thing it goes into uh, the database and it says, you received X, you're supposed to have Y, gotta go back and check it again, right? And so each step of the process, we're double checking it each time before it goes out um, because that's the best way for us to make sure that um, things are accurate. Because if it's not, we talked about this earlier, if your inventory is inaccurate, that's a problem because then now you're trying to sell something that you can't or it goes the opposite way or you You thought you sold everything and there's four left. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard to sell four of widgets or whatever. Yeah. Um, So just making sure that we've got that, those good systems in place that we've got the good technology around it. um, That helps ensure that uh, we just keep that accuracy there um, and making sure that there's visibility to uh, our clients 24, seven, visibility um and they can get on anytime some of them just they're going to be more hands-on they want to dig into things um which i think is awesome and some of them are like you guys go and do your thing uh and we'll just make sure things are at the end of the year good at the end of the year but as long as i don't have any problems i'm not going to really spend a whole lot of time on you guys um i know that i can go into your system and look at any time
0: Once again with me today, I've got Jeff Avelka. He is the CEO of Beyond Warehousing, who is included in Startup Hustle's 2023 Top Kansas City Startups. He's definitely an expert on the subject. Speaking of experts, Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Fullscale.io, we're kind of in the 3PL business in some regards too. No, like yeah. You talk about our party. platform as well, matching people up with the right things, but then there's a management component. And that's tricky. And that's actually what I want to talk to you about, because you got you've got some cool quotes here that our production team <laughs> laid out. Uh, You know, one of one of which is, you know, talking about how you put people first. And that actually starts with avoiding temporary labor, which allows you to invest in training and growth, incentivize high performance and continuous improvement. That isn't a quote that I would expect to hear from someone that employed man, uh, warehouse yeah, you know, I, I mean, that, that's unique and different, right? There. It
1: is. A yeah. lot of our competitors do. And that's, that's kind of one of those um, things that separates us, right? Yeah. We, we really try to push that because bringing people in, not only does it decrease um, and treating them well, not only does it decrease oh, yeah. the, the costs associated with retraining and hiring and stuff like that, um, but we try to really make it a place where we understand that we're, our, they're, we're their livelihood. Um, we want them to be able to come to work, want to work there, tell their friends when I need to hire someone, oh, you know what, Bob should come and work for us too. Um, but we think that's by paying them a living wage, giving really good benefits, um, and just treating them with respect, um, asking their opinions, uh, understanding what challenges they're having there, and, and just really trying to be serving leaders to them. Um, I think people have the right to come into work and enjoy what they do every day. And where else? Being in a warehouse is tough, man.
0: Um, No, that's thankless work. I mean, on a lot of days, and that's why I think it's important that everything you just said is really checked boxes that are on our core principles at my Mm -hmm. company as well. And, you know, and we had a 94% employee retention rate last year, which in 2022, people think I'm full of shit when I tell them that they're (laughs) like, you're lying. I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, actually, and if you look at, we actually had negative churn because we grew Right. So, I mean, we had 75 more employees at the end of the year than we had at the beginning of the year. And, and but with that, the, the key to it is, well, I uh, honor the, hear from your people. Yeah. I do these like town hall things. I put out surveys, you know, I, I and it's kind of funny because I'm known for answering all the questions no mm-hmm. matter what. So I, and I encourage that, but sometimes I'll get an occasional one. Like the funniest one was, Hey Matt, do you drink? want to get wasted. <laughs> and I was like, you know, so like, I'll still answer the funny ones, but but man, I, I you know, so I, I refer to keeping your finger on the pulse of your business. Mm-hmm. And I think that if your company is going to be big and you told us before you recorded, you just took over, you're over 1 million square feet right? You're growing really quickly. And the, the thing is, is these culture problems, if you let them grow at the rate a your rapidly growing company, then you're going to rapidly have a culture problem. Yeah. And those are really hard to unwind. And, 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 you know, and if your people aren't, your people are at your company are your biggest asset.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And we've found, um, in the, in our past that it takes about twice as long to undo a bad culture that it took to make the bad culture. So really want to stay on top of it. We actually had discussions about this morning, just around our growth and how do we make sure that we're replicating that great, um, culture that we had in our first building as we go into a second building and a third building and a fourth building,
0: Um, which by the way, makes that at not just a little bit harder. It's exponential because different locations. And I know this because I have to travel halfway around the world Mm -hmm. to go to that office, literally on the opposite side of the planet. Yeah. So how do you keep the cool vibe that you have here out there? Yeah. And, and, and that's the, but that's an issue. And then, man, I'll tell you what really got, so we're all remote now. Because company's five years old, pandemic was half of halfway through the timeline mm-hmm. we got we got really good at like our in in office logistics, and then we had to get really good at remote logistics, and that's why when it came back to like, hey, we could open up again, we're like, yeah, we're not doing that <laughs> like we just spent two and a half years getting really good at being right. fully remote, but we built a management platform similar to like Hey, look, if you can, if you can manage and keep track of productivity and be accountable for that stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the, you know, some it doesn't have to be complex. Like in our platform, we have a simple thing that anybody that works at full scale has a daily report. They fill out, it takes five minutes. What'd you do today? What are you doing tomorrow? Do you have any roadblocks? Right. And that will go to managers. It will go to clients and like our, some of our clients, like Actually, we didn't have a problem with the daily reports coming. We had the fact that some of our clients' teams grew so fast. They're like, can you consolidate this? Because I get 16 <laughs> emails. We're like, yeah, we'll get on that. But but that simple bit of communication across multiple locations or multiple countries, mm-hmm. or in our case, also multiple time zones, is really invaluable. Because if you can't see the people that you're working with or for, it sure does help to just give them some idea of what you're doing
1: with the team. Right. No, it... And that's, uh, we were talking before out there that just every three to six months, we're hitting that, that new level of a company as we're growing so fast mm-hmm. that we kind of have to recreate ourselves and figure out things like oh, that, yeah. um, where, mm-hmm. well, man, communication works when there's eight of us sitting around the table. How do you change the communication as, uh, you're in two buildings, three buildings, four buildings, um, and just being very mindful and purposeful around what you're doing. And it has to become part of a pattern it has to become Uh, just part of your life that this is what we do to, to continue to push this and, and keep that culture going.
0: Yeah. That's, and that constant state of reinvention, Mm -hmm. I think is important because you don't have everything figured out. None of us do. No. Some of us may be doing better at acting like we do, Mm -hmm. but we don't. And yeah. So one of the the most valuable things that someone said to me while recording, are you, are you, do you, have you ever heard, you know what link tree is? No. So they, it's basically, if you look at it, Linktree is a link that you could go to that is essentially like a link directory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now when Instagram came out and became popular, Instagram only lets you have one link in your profile. So Linktree really blew up. And they, I mean, they have tens of millions of users like huge company because you can only like for, well, in the startup hustle podcast, Instagram, if you're going to only click one thing, I maybe give you an option of stuff. So with that I had the CTO his name Zach on here and I asked him I said well what's one of the he had had a very impressive uh, work history prior to being the CTO at Linktree and he said he said I asked him what's one what's the most valuable thing you've learned being around rapidly growing companies and he said, coming to the realization that sometimes the people that got you from level zero to ten aren't the same people that will get you from level eleven to five thousand right which stings a little bit. Yeah. Cause you love those levels. people. Yes. That, they got yes. you to 10. Yes. And at the same time, like it's, it's tough and entrepreneurship's filled with tough reality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's also reinvention of culture and like a lot of different stuff. So, you know, so I, I'll ask my, my favorite question, you know, so that's a problem to solve, but what's the biggest problem you're trying to solve at your business right now? The
1: biggest problem we're trying to solve is um, honestly, it's, it's just around the, how to scale effectively and in a, um, responsible manner. Like there's a combination of how much debt you take on, yeah. um, versus how much do you, you want to bring in revenue versus how much do you want to hire to be able to, to scale up. And it's a balancing act between all of yeah. them. And honestly, that's the biggest challenge we're running into right now feel like our operation does a great job servicing our, our customers. Uh, our account management team does a great job making sure that our customers are good, but, you know, IT people are expensive, right? And oh, yeah. um, there is an IT backbone to this. And uh, a, a lot of it is around how fast can you scale the IT structure on that? How fast can you bring on new customers in a way that doesn't leave a bad first impression? Um, so I think, you know, we've grown quickly. I think there's going to be a, I won't call it leveling off, but not quite as steep um, over the next year or so, just so we can kind of recollect that and uh, kind of refine our processes to make it so they are more scalable. So I can bring on 15 clients in a month, um, which I I just can't do right now, just because um, we're still building out those processes. We're still building out expertise on our team. Um, but it's definitely a challenge to have that responsible growth. I want more top line revenue. I want more, uh, EBITDA, but at the same time, I got to make sure that we do it in a way that services our customers and that it doesn't cost me too much.
0: Well, your business similar to mine is truly driven by people. And in your case space, Mm -hmm. which is very difficult to scale. And that's, that's, you know, so, you know, scalability is that buzzword that's around. I hear people talking about how their business is scalable. And I'm like, is it? Cause in a lot of, cause in your case, like you actually have, to have physical space oh, yeah. to put stuff. And if it doesn't exist, you can't sell it unless you're planning on using the sidewalk. And, and the fact of the matter, we'll go get more space. Okay. Well, that takes time. It might take, and there's a lot of shit. There's a
1: lot of money. You got to yeah. put in IT yeah. infrastructure. You, oh yeah. Uh, for me, I got to oh, buy racking. Oh. I got to buy material handling equipment. Yep. It's yep. It's and, not cheap to open and, a new building. Oh, no, no, no. And,
0: and that's, well, that's one of the things that actually the, the pandemic did us a favor because it pushed us away from a real estate model because mm-hmm. everybody used to come to work every day, but our, uh, our employees didn't want to, because in the Philippines t- traffic's terrible. <laughs> so people were, you know, spending over an hour each way on the way to, to work, but we had kind of built this expectation that people were in the same spot, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I was terrified. We would, productivity would drop or productivity actually shot up because it's totally logical as well. You give people that two hours a day back. Oh yeah. And also like, if you're like, Hey, I got to get on this bus. I got to get home. I got to do this by this time or whatever. Well, you shut the laptop. You maybe don't work on it. Mm -hmm. And the thing is we look for really passionate people. So that also bothers them. It's like an unsolved problem. You know, you're just got them. Yeah. Yeah. There's something.
1: You got probably another hour out of them now. Well, yeah. And it's not
0: even expected. It's a lot of it. They want to, you right. Know? I didn't say work more, but I was concerned about that. And that really, I don't know, you solve all these things with, with good communication, but yeah, the scalability for, for people driven things. And, We were talking about that before we hit record, you know, in 2022 for a two to three month period, I had a waiting list for clients at full scale, which people kept telling me they're like, oh, dude, that's great. I'm like, no, it's fucking terrible. Like, what do you mean? You're sold to capacity. I'm like, yeah, I also have salespeople, marketing people, a whole bunch of people that I mean. What are, what are we going to they do? Gonna do? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you could work on the next clients. I'm like, it's a little more complex than that. <laughs> and, you know, so some of that's, and you talk about that, that, uh, and I do want to say that it is okay to ha- especially early in fast growing companies to have a start stop mentality because mm-hmm. you're in the, you're doing the right thing by tapping the brakes, because if the vehicle gets out of control and goes off into the shoulder or does whatever, that's a lot worse scenario than feeling like you're the old lady driver on the highway. That's a great analogy. Done it a yeah. bunch at, at full scale. Like We've had a lot of start stop moments and like some of that, like at one point, so we had a hundred employees after a year, which is crazy. And we really? were close to 200 after two years. And then we kind of ran into the pandemic, but you know at one point out of about a year and a half, like we just told people like, hey, we're gonna have to get back with you because it you know, we we wanted to address some culture and leadership issues that we knew were gonna take part. Cause I mean, dude, you don't know what you don't know. Like yeah. and, and until and until a real crystal ball is invented and works and we can like cause That was another thing too. Like we ramped up a little bit. We, okay. So here's, you want to talk about funny story about space. This is not funny. It's so fucking painful. (laughs) So uh, three months before the pandemic, anticipating growth and at that, and so our office, there was a floor available where our office is and we signed a five-year lease on it and we're beginning to outfit it. And then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. We will get to the five-year point of that lease and never have done business one day or one minute on that floor. It will cost me over a million dollars. And that was, that's hazy crystal ball stuff right there. Cause you talk about like, we knew we'd need it. We're like, if we don't get it, we're not going to grow. And then we were also looking, if we don't get it in this building, we're going to have a whole nother issue because we got to go find it somewhere. Now, big spaces are sometimes hard to find mm-hmm. and warehouse might be a little different, but when it comes to like office stuff, cause that can get wildly expensive oh, in some yeah. places. And you know, so yeah, anyway, the start stop thing. It's okay. People like you're, I I'm really of the, and the pandemic changed my whole outlook on a lot of it. I, I, I'm actually kind of a riverboat gambler as an entrepreneur in a lot of days to take a lot of chances to try a lot of different weird shit, but I've also developed an appreciation for that conservative nature. Like don't move out of the place you're in until you've seen all of it on some days, mm-hmm. but yeah, be responsible. Cause you too much debt, too much burden, too much of that. You get the wrong couple of things that happen, like what did in 2020. And
1: yeah, you can be, you can be hosed. There's a lot of people out of business for that reason. We're uh run of the same thing with uh the recession coming here like supply chains changed there's a lot of inventory just sitting there right now oh yeah um and me along with most of my customers i think hope that their inventory comes down uh in coming years because retailers start buying things again uh at, at higher quantities and consumers start buying more so i also don't want to scale too much and have a bunch of space sitting open because now um the economy is moving at a faster speed again and yeah companies are able to hold less inventory at that point and, and turn it faster. Um, they do that. Then I've got a whole bunch of space just sitting empty.
0: We'll we'll never get it right, Jeff. We just do the, I've come to the conclusion that we just do the, we have to, you have to make a decision and on some levels, people, it's as scientific as you fucking hope for the best. (laughs) I mean, and that's kind of the truth. Yep. Absolutely. You know, like, but also like I do want to key that importance part cuz I mean overall I'm not like a super conservative dude mm-hmm. when it comes to lot. Like, I'm very aggressive with my business and my growth but at the same time there are things that can sink the ship right. sure those are the things we want to avoid Now, as a quick reminder, if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. We have the people, the platform, and the process to help you build and manage a team of experts. Go to FullScale.io. All you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. All right. So here we are at the end of, and once again, uh, congrats on making our, our list. Thank you. And congrats it. on being on the show, like here locally. We, I, I think there's a lot of people that consider being a startup hustle guest, a rite of passage. Yeah, so, it's,
1: it's awesome. I was really yeah. glad. And so was my team when we, yeah. when we got the notification. So,
0: and that's an acknowledgement, you know, there was, uh, it's, we talked about lists earlier and lists are funky. So, you know, I won this award from Forbes a couple of years ago and I pull up at the bank and I was trying to shove it in that little tube at the mm-hmm. drive through and it wouldn't fit in. They're like, come in the lobby. <laughs> I'm trying to shove it under the window. They're like, Mr. DeCoursey, you cannot deposit this award in the bank. And I was like, Oh, you're right. <laughs> that didn't really happen, but it's a good story. Yeah. It's well, the, the importance is, is like you create your success in your business and mm-hmm. like So I I love acknowledgement, but at the same time, a lot of people are frustrated about it sometimes because lists are weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I I get into that. It's, I've won awards from major places and then I can't win them locally because all my employees are in the Philippines. Sure. I'll,
1: I'll take, people don't like doing I'll take whatever list you want. There you go. There you go.
0: We'll put you on, on, on all the lists then. Congratulations, Jeff. You're on all the lists now. (laughs) Um, you know, what's a funny thing I've, I've really learned about a lot of these lists is so many of them, like you get that, like you'll get the, Hey, you're on the list. And mm-hmm. then you're like, cool. And then they reply like for $7,000, we'll be able to complete your listing. And you're like, fuck you,
1: man. Yeah, like, I've, I get those all the time. Oh my I God. I've been recognized as a top 10 warehouse in the country. Yeah. Yes. For, for $5,000. Yeah. Or nope. more. Yeah. I got one. I keep
0: getting one that keeps asking, invite me to be on a PBS documentary. Yeah. Except for they want $28,000 to produce it. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They're like, but it's with Dennis Quaid. I'm like, who? I know who that is, but I don't care. All right. So here we are at the end of the show. Thanks for joining me, man. I I enjoy, I like, I like supply chain logistics. Uh, When I do that, I usually do the top startups list with Lauren Conaway and she always makes me Talk about the ones that do supply chain logistics. Oh, I'm not nice. sure why. I mean, she's, she does a
1: great job over there. She, yeah,
0: yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. She, Lauren's awesome and dynamic, but doesn't like talking about supply chain logistics. Now, hmm. speaking of talking, it's time for the founders freestyle, where I give my guests that are founding team members an opportunity to have the mic. Yeah. I, How are you going to use that time,
1: Jeff? I, I wish I had a poem or some cool rap lyrics, um, <laughs> but uh, I should, of, it
0: should have warned you I, further I, I than to, have.
1: I, I, sh- I would have gone back to, to my nineties lyrics or something. Hey, but, you can do that. Um, a couple of things that just wanted to come back and re- talk about putting people first. Um, I think that's super important. Yeah. One of the things that I, I forgot to mention on that is we uh, were as part of taking care of our people, we definitely had people that have, Struggles. We've got a a kind of a fund that's through various things uh, that aren't necessarily business structures uh, or part of the business that we collect. And then when people have a need that we can tap into that, kids' Christmas presents, or uh, I can't get to work because uh, car's broken. Car's broken. Let me help you out here. Um, And and I think that's important. And they, I think it's, it creates some loyalty there, but, um, but yeah, I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, it, it's, it's a big honor for us and, um, yeah, just, just thanks, man. Well, thanks for coming
0: man beyond You know, you mentioned the importance of people first and, and I think that's key. Uh, we do something similar at full scale. We have a fund that we actually hadn't created and then a huge typhoon hit, uh, at the end of 20. So we came in, uh, into 2022, uh, at, at two weeks prior to that, a devastating typhoon hit the city oh, wow. where yeah. most of our employees are, and we had people like we had to we had to spring into action in a hurry. We had to relocate six families because they're like had no roof. And oh wow, and the, I mean we and we did it because like man, like and that was heartbreaking. It happened right before Christmas, which mm. didn't really help the whole vibe, right? You know, it's like shit. But I got you know like, and we did that not, I, I'm a big believer in giving without expectation of return. Mm-hmm. The reality is that created a whole lot of, of goodwill in the company because they saw our employees saw that it wasn't all about us. Right. And, you know, I, you know, for those of you listening, don't underestimate how important that is because no one wants to feel like a cog in a machine. Mm-hmm. want to be heard. They want to be respected.
1: And, a person.
0: And, and and realistically, like one of the things. So we've built this amazing brand in the Philippines. You know why? Because it's fucking cool to work at our company. Yeah. Right. We have clubs and do different things. We have a we created a, hum, a company holiday called Outreach Day, where you get paid to come do a full day of one of like ten to twelve really well sponsored community outreach events. Do we planted like thousands of trees? We cleaned up a mile of beach last year. We adopted an eagle. Eagle. I didn't even know that until they told me we got to name it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. So yeah. So we, let What'd the, you name it? Well, I let, we let the employees, uh, uh, pick a name and then I picked one. Yeah. So C sharp is a coding language, like yeah. C, you know, hashtags pronounced C sharp. So that overwhelmingly won nice. amongst the, we have a lot of C sharp developers. I kind of underestimated that. And then I had to come up with my version. So and I didn't even do it grammatically correct. So Po is Sir mm-hmm. in, in the Philippines. And Guapo, similar to Spanish, means handsome. I was like, dude, that's Po Guapo, man. Because it was a very <laughs> majestic bird. I learned later it should be Guapo Po. So I showed how ignorant that I was. But C-sharp won in a landslide. And we had a big company party Nice last year. You talk about that, though. Like, we flew people in from different places and got everyone into. It, it was expensive. It required a lot of work very happy to have done it. Cause it was, you know, I don't know. It was fun. It was cool. Like yeah. we did a theme. They did, they did house of codes. So it was like a game of Thrones mm-hmm. kind of thing, but you know, based around that and Hey, look, if you have a fun place to work where people aren't like terrified or like regretfully coming in again, yeah. where they should have quit yesterday, you're going to keep people around. And I really think that that is like a key, if not the key component, well, dude, If you get away from that, reputation management's terrible. Yeah. Like, trust me, even the least technical people know how to Google your company and they'll figure it out and it's just hard to overcome that stuff. So do the right thing, people, and your business will be able to grow fast. Jeff, I'll catch up with you down the road.
1: All right. Thanks, Matt.